direct from the cozy HBP studios, you're listening to the 67th episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast, HBP. I'm Dorian, and on today's podcast, we play collegiate summer baseball in Silver Spring, Maryland. Hear lawyers getting richer, charging crazy billing hours to the Washington Nationals and the Baltimore Orioles in their Masson lawsuit. And we're excited that Cuban baseball star Cesar Prieto is coming to play in the U.S. As always, we're even more excited to be drinking and talking baseball. The beer I'm having today is called Star Taker. It's an IPA American from Astro Lab Brewing in Silver Spring, Maryland. You know, on this podcast, we love supporting good American jobs. And here we are raising a toast and I'm going to have a drink. And I'm also going to tell you, I don't normally like IPAs. If you've been following the podcast, you've been listening for a while now, I never have IPAs. This isn't bad. I like it. So if you're in the Silver Spring area, go check out the Astro Lab Brewing. I enjoyed their IPA, the Star Taker. So let's talk about the Silver Spring Tacoma Thunderbolts. They are a collegiate summer baseball team. And we actually talked about another collegiate baseball summer team last week in episode 66. The, that was the Percival Cannons. The Thunderbolts play in the Cal Ripken Collegiate Baseball League. The Cal Ripken Collegiate Baseball team provides host families for all the players in the league. They provide internships to the players. And the season starts on the 4th of June. So if you find yourself in the Washington, D.C. area this summer, go check out the Tacoma Thunderbolts and everyone else in the Cal Ripken Collegiate Baseball League. Now, I'm not in college anymore, so obviously I can't play for the Thunderbolts. But here's a question. Do you play in like a softball league on the weekends or at night? Or do you play in any of these co-ed sports? Which I think it's fun. I think it's awesome. It's a great way to stay in shape. I used to play in a rogue co-ed softball league before COVID, of course. Now, <laughs> I can't talk about it. Otherwise, it's not rogue. But don't worry. It's nothing illegal. It's just where we played that you probably shouldn't be playing. But it's fun. It was fun. And, and I got to actually reach out to those people to see if they're actually back playing softball ra- on random nights in random places. <laughs> I'm going to have another drink. Hold on for me. You all know our social media accounts. We're on Twitter. It's at HBP4040. Our Instagram account is Hipster Baseball Podcast. Give us a follow. We're going to stay in the Maryland area and talk about the Baltimore Orioles, the Washington Nationals, and the Masson lawsuit. Video kill the radio star. Video kill the radio star. You know how much I love karaoke. (laughs) That is from the 1980s song, Video Kill the Radio Star by the Boogles. The Bugles, the Buggles, whatever. It's from 1980. Give me a break and I'm drinking IPAs. Masson is threatening to kill the viewing experience of the Washington Nationals and the Baltimore Orioles fans in the 2022 season. Why is that? Because the Nationals broadcasters will not be traveling with the team. So instead, they're going to be working remotely from the nosebleed sections in Nationals Park. While the Nationals broadcasters are working remotely, their Masson is going to have freelance camera crews and production trucks in each city. So they're hiring outside help. They're not needing Masson employees. And you know what? I may just offer the Orioles and the Nationals crew space here at the HBP studios. 
complete with their very own overturned buckets and social distancing. Of course, safety first, people. The Oreos are also not sending their mass and TV broadcasters or their radio broadcasters on the road, which is kind of crazy. And unlike the Nationals, the Orioles TV broadcasters won't even be at their home stadium, that being Camden Yards. So that's weird. Why is this happening? Why are we talking about this? And who is this mysterious Masson? No, Masson is not one of those evil organizations that James Bond fights every other year in one of the latest, the 75 movies that have come out. I'm enjoying a drink. Masson stands for Mid-Atlantic Sports Network. And it was created back in 2005 to carry both the Orioles and the Nationals game. Because Peter Angelos, the owner of the of the Orioles didn't want the Montreal Expos to relocate to Washington. So right now, Masson is owned jointly by the Orioles and the Nationals, but the Orioles have controlling interests. They control 80% of the network. The Nationals only control 20, and the headquarters of Masson is in Baltimore. Because the Nationals were a new team in the Mid-Atlantic region, Peter Angelos was not happy that he was like, wait, this is my area. This is, this is the Orioles' territory. These are Orioles' fans. Peter Angelos thought this new team is encroaching on the Orioles territory, on the Orioles fans. It's going to gonna drive viewership away from me, fans away from me. So ultimately, Major League Baseball sweetened a pot. They gave financial incentives to Angelos. So in exchange, he would accept that the Expos would move to Washington, D.C. Reality is that Angelos didn't like the business competition. That sounds like communist talk if you're asking me. So basically... Major League Baseball bribed Angelos and the Orioles, and they accepted a team 50 miles away from his, more or less. I think Washington and Baltimore are about, are about 50 miles away. Kilometers, we're going to have to ask the HBP research team because 50 miles is 80 kilometers for the fancy people. Right now, the Nationals are fighting Masson and the Orioles for broadcasting rights fees from years ago, from 2012 to 2016, Basically, Major League Baseball put a committee together and said, yes, Angelos and Masson need to pay the Nationals over $100 million for their broadcast rights fee for a certain amount of years in the past decade. Orioles said, no, we're appealing that. And there have been, there have been multiple lawsuits, arbitrations, every single one of them, the Orioles have lost, and they keep appealing the rulings. This has been going on for almost... I think like eight years. It's absolutely insane. And that's why I mean, lawyers are getting crazy rich off of, off of uh, Peter Angelos and, and uh, the Baltimore Orioles, as, lo- as well as the Washington Nationals, because they want to get paid. Just a few weeks ago, in the middle of March, Masson sent a memo to employees that said, quote, in an abundance of caution due to the ongoing COVID pandemic, which will hopefully be winding down and soon be behind us. And as a prudent step in the context of a changing industry, Masson will begin the season operating under a hybrid model that enables Masson to conduct a production locally while leaving all the major production pieces in place in the truck on site, end quote. Can someone please translate this to me? What it really means is we are going to pay Mark Lerner, owner of the Nationals, and Masson is cutting operating costs to the bone. Screw you, Mark Lerner and the Nationals. That's exactly what the Angelos are saying to the Washington Nationals. <laughs> Masson, owned by the Orioles, are not going to allow employees to go on work travel. 
if you owed someone over a hundred million dollars, you don't want to be spending money either. <laughs> you got to understand where they're, where they're coming from. And you know how much I love the business of baseball. Like I love the product on the field, the players, the stats, but I love that part that we don't see that the frail health of Peter Angelos, he's 92 years old right now. He's 92 years old. That's all you have to say. So when the, when he passes, it's going to be questions on the estate, on the team, on the network, where's it all going? What is the Angelos family going to do with it? Because right now, John Angelos, one of Peter's sons, is the person in charge of the Orioles. Back in 1993, Peter paid, Peter Angelos, excuse me, Mr. Angelos paid about $173 million to buy the Orioles. Now, in 2022, the Orioles are worth around $1.4 billion. That's about a thousand percent return on a 20 year investment, which is absolutely insane. Hats off to Mr. Angelos for putting his money in and it's just absolutely exploded. So the rumor is that the Angelos will probably, the, the Angelos family will probably sell the Orioles after Mr. Angelos passes away, but they don't do it now because if they do, they're going to incur humongous capital gain taxes. So here we are at the end of March, tax season is here. Very simplistically, I'm just going to say that the capital gains tax is the difference between the price that you buy an asset and the price that you're selling it. So you're basically getting pet, you're betting, you're basically getting taxed on the profit. And so the Orioles, the Angelos family would be taxed on that billion dollar profit. Last year, it was also rumored that David Rubenstein, who's the co-founder of the Washington DC based, the Carlisle Group, who's worth around $4 billion dollars. The word was that David Rubenstein wanted to buy the Baltimore Orioles. I watch his show on Bloomberg Television on the weekends, the David Rubenstein show. I enjoy it. You may not, but whatever. That's just, I'm, I'm just sharing a little bit of what I do on the weekends when I watch financial stuff news. Very, very exciting. <laughs> so both of these sides, like I said earlier, are using high powered lawyers that only billionaires can afford. The Nationals hired. Part of their law firms have been from Quinn Emanuel, who's a high, which is a high-powered law firm from New York. The Orioles have hired the Cooley, Cooley uh, from the New York office. These people charge you thousands of dollars an hour just to pick up the phone and talk with you. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. But when there's that much money at stake, like that over $100 million that the Nationals are owed, you got to pay the best people whatever price that, they, that they're going to charge you. And the really crappy thing is that Major League Baseball got themselves into this predicament. They got the Nationals into this predicament because they had to pander to Angelos and his thing of, I don't want any business competition in my area. So it kind of reminds me when you're, you're, when you're in your own work environment, it's all, it almost seems like we sacrifice the world for someone. We sacrifice the world for a bad coworker. We sacrifice the world for a crappy boss. It's like, oh, you know, everything is done not to upset this person which makes things even worse. It drives me crazy. That being said, I know Mr. Angelos is in a frail health at the fantastic age of 92. So I hope that he gets as you can be as healthy as you can when you're 92 years old. Ultimately, what's going to happen? The production value of Masson, you as a fan, it's going to suffer. And you know what? Masson is not offering discounts to their sponsors as Masson puts out an inferior product because the announcers are not going to be able to see things like foul balls. They're not going to be able to take the temperature of how the fans are reacting to plays. 
broadcasters need all that stimuli to give you, to give us viewers, a better viewing experience. I'm not a big fan of a lot of these broadcasters, but some of them, the, the good ones are very good. And the, and the ones who aren't, whatever, they, they, they quickly are out of a job. So the real question is, are you going to be missing anything not watching the Orioles or Nationals game on Masson? Look, take the Nationals. Last year, back in 2021, they traded away Max Scherzer. They're all, all everything pitcher. Their best pitcher now is Steven Strasburg, but he's recovering from thoracic outlet syndrome surgery, and he's not going to pitch until June, probably, probably June. The most exciting offseason signing that the Nationals made was Nelson Cruz to be their designated hitter. Nelson Cruz is 57 years old. No, I'm joking. He's 41 years old, and the man can still hit home runs. So that's that's a pretty cool signing by the Nationals, even though, I mean, they're not, they're not going anywhere. Their best player, obviously, Juan Soto, the best hitter in the galaxy. And he's not going to sign a long-term deal with the Nationals. He's going to become an unrestricted free agent in 2025 at the tender age of 26 years old. And the word on the street is that Juan Soto will be the first half-a-billion-dollar man he just may get a contract worth $500 billion in a few years. It's mind-boggling, mind-boggling. Ultimately, the Nationals, they're going to be battling the Miami Marlins for last place in the National League East Division. So again, I ask you, are you missing anything watching the Nationals on mass and, and their broadcasters that are restricted by forces outside of their control? That's up to you to, to answer, my friend. So what about the Orioles? Have you seen the 2022 roster of the Baltimore Orioles? Gross. The first baseman or the designated here, uh, Trey Mancini, he's probably going to get traded away sometime this year. And an insane news that shocked me during the offseason, apparently the Orioles, the Baltimore Orioles, offered shortstop Carlos Correa, who, as we know, was the top free agent in the 2022 offseason, a massive deal with an opt-out year after, after the fourth year. These are the same Orioles that have lost 100 games in three consecutive full baseball seasons. The last time that the Orioles had a winning record was back in 2016. Obviously, Carlos Correa said, heck no. And he signed with the Minnesota Twins. What did he, It was a three-year, $105 million contract. It's insane that the Orioles actually thought that they might sign Carlos Correa. <laughs> a player of that caliber is not going to a team like the Baltimore Orioles. Again, the Baltimore Orioles play in the monstrosity that is the American League East Division. So they're not going anywhere. They're going to be safe and sound dead last. And you're going to be safe and sound while you're watching television. Because our show sponsor, the U.S. Television Manufacturing Corporation, the premier large screen TV in America. Remember, now is the time to buy a brand new U.S. television manufacturing set. We're in the middle of March. We're at the end of March. We have March Madness. The baseball season is about to start. And the NBA playoffs is starting in a few weeks. U.S. Television Manufacturing Corporation. Ask for it by name at your local store. Now, you probably shouldn't watch massive broadcasts on your U.S. Television Manufacturing Corporation. But... You should watch this next man I'm going to tell you about after I have this drink. And that man is part of our next segment, the Houdini Watch. I haven't done this in forever. There's that guy, the Houdini Watch, where you remember someone 
after not hearing about them or seeing about them in a million years. And that man is Cesar Prieto. We talked about Prieto back in episode 11. Cesar Prieto used to play with the Elefantes de Cienfuegos in the Cuban National Series, which is the Cuban National Baseball League. The funny thing is, I love this, that the translation of Elefantes de Cienfuegos is the elephants of the town of a hundred fires. <laughs> that is brilliant. That's actually the name of the team he played on. Prieto is 22 years old and they've already been calling him the best or one of the best second basemen in the world, in the world. When I first saw him two years ago in the Cuban national series, it, his bat sounded different. You know, these guys, these, these games, someone will get a hit, someone get a strikeout, someone. But when he got him, when he had a hit, it sounded like a shotgun. Like it was a different sound. And I just got, I just, I didn't stand up, but I straightened up in the couch and I'm like, who in the world is that? And I saw some skinny kid. He's not really a kid. Well, I guess he's 22 years old. He's five foot nine. He's like maybe 108, 90 pounds, but he's amazing. And in the last two Cuban National Series seasons, he has uh, 68 walks and he's only struck out 34 times in two years. He batted 379 and one of my favorite stats. He had an on-base percentage of 452. So he's basically going on, he's basically getting on base half the every other time he goes up to bat. And this was all done in 690 plate appearances. So if this is not a small sample size. But with Cesar Prieto, the thing we have to remember, those who are not versed in the Cuban National Series, is that the batting averages in this in Cuba are abnormally high because the pitchers are no bueno. The pitchers are no good. It seems that everyone in Cuban in the Cuban baseball league that they bat over 300, but this guy's a different. This guy's this guy's different. I'm going to tell you that right now. Prieto is now in the U.S. He signs with a team because back in May, Prieto, a couple of his teammates on the national on the Cuban national Olympic team and the team psychologist, they just walked away from the team when they were in Florida for a qualifying event or Olympic qualifying event. Since then, since May of 2021, he's been working out with an agent and obviously there have been negotiations with a bunch of other teams. Finally, in January 2022, the Baltimore Orioles signed him to a $650,000 contract. For someone that's been called one of the best second basemen in the world, $650,000 contract is super cheap. And the reason the Orioles were able to get him so cheap is because Major League Baseball didn't make Prieto eligible to sign until November. This guy left to come to the U.S. in May and Major League Baseball sat on their hands for six months saying, okay, you know what, Cesar Prieto? Now you're eligible. Now you can sign with whatever team you want. By the time November rolled around, most of the baseball, most of the baseball teams had spent all of their available international bonus pool money. Cesar Prieto comes over. He's going to make a lot of money. He's playing with the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles had a lot of needs. So it's not like as long as he plays well, he's going to be shooting up and be in the, the major leagues in no time. But he basically told the, the communist Cuban government, adios, it's not personal, it's business, baby. I got to go. Prieto is going to be added to a very good Baltimore Orioles farm system. They're currently ranked fourth by Baseball America. I'm telling you, Baseball America, they their podcast is amazing. I love them. I listen to them all the time. Those guys are just absolutely brilliant. I have the utmost respect 
for Baseball America. The sad thing is, this is not a minor league podcast. This is a baseball podcast. This is a major league baseball podcast. The Orioles minor league teams are going to be more entertaining to watch than the actual product they're going to put on Masson. <laughs> if you're an Orioles fan, you should watch the AAA Norfolk Tides and the AA Bowie Bay Bo- Sox. That farm system is sick. They have catcher Adley Rutschman. Their pitcher, the number one pitcher in all of minor league baseball, Grayson Rodriguez. He's going to be in. He's going to be in the major league base. He's going to be. He's going to be with the major league team probably by the end of 2022. Their infielder Gunnar Henderson, their outfielder Colton Kowser, and now they add to that Cesar Prieto, arguably the best second baseman in the world, and they're probably going to start Prieto with the Double A team, the Bowie Bay Sox. And as the Baltimore Orioles continue to add talent to the minor league to give Orioles fans and Masson viewers hope for the future, we're also adding to our roster because it's now time to thank a new listener. And we want to welcome a new listener from Boardman, Oregon. I have no idea what that is. I know where Oregon is. I've never been to Boardman, but I still want to thank you, the new listener from Boardman, Oregon. Cheers to you as I continue to drink my IPA American. I want to thank all of our listeners because this is the podcast where we talk about baseball, drinks, business law, and everything else under the sun. Share the podcast with your family and friends. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. We're on Twitter and Instagram. My drink will be in the episode description as well as on the social media. I always take a picture of everything I drink and I post it on both of our social media accounts. Join me next time for a brand new episode of HBP, Tips for Baseball Podcast. Bye.